this is Emily Proctor calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Duke. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit the all-new website by going to hollywoodbeyond.net. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond podcast. You can contact host Stephen Brittingham anytime by email. Send your thoughts or feedback to hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. And now, here's your host, Stephen Brittingham. You are just moments away from my conversation with actress, director, and screenwriter, Victoria Vertuga, who is here to discuss her latest film project, Lexi. The story of the making of Lexi is very inspirational to me. My hope is that you, too, will walk away feeling inspired. Victoria was actually planning on working on another project entirely different than this one. And then came along the pandemic. And that, as you know, changed everything for just about all of us worldwide. Despite the restrictions of the pandemic, Victoria was determined to still be involved with artistic projects. And the results is her latest film, Lexi. What a wonderful reminder for all of us that even under the most difficult of circumstances, even as massive as the worldwide pandemic, we can still do wonderful things. Before our conversation begins, let me give you a sampling of what Lexi is all about. (laughs) Hey, Lexicons, welcome back. Okay, so I know this is not what you come here for. You want to be inspired and motivated, and I want to continue to do that for you too. But right now, I need to talk to you, Lexicons. Someone is messing with me. Some of you may already know what I'm talking about. Last night, there was a video posted of me. Apparently, it was recorded by my webcam, but I did not post it. I mean, I'm I'm clearly sleeping in the video. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would the webcam even turn on? Motivational influencer Laughing Lexi has gone missing. As the tale unfolds, the story of what really happens is stranger than fiction. Is a stalker behind all of this mayhem? Or did haters send Lexi over the edge? Hey, so you're the one that called about a missing friend, right? Um, her name's Lexi. Please just get out! I'm calling the police right now! I mean, she's been going through a hard time. It's been 12 days since the disappearance of 29-year-old blogger Alexandria Mancini. Theories abound, but authorities are no closer to discovering what actually happened. Someone didn't like what she was selling. I just hope that you're out there somewhere. We miss you. I hope you, you come back soon. I just bought my very first home. Only that house 
knows the truth. We can truly see a stunning transformation. Now, some will say this transformation was brought on by stress or by a chemical imbalance, but I believe that this change was brought on by dark forces that converged in the place that was supposed to be her haven. You can do anything you set your mind to. The stress of pretending finally got to her. One of my fans or my friends is playing a prank. I mean, the more people who know you or know of you, the more people who may want to inflict harm on you. No one just disappears. There is something unexplainable happening to me. A truly evil force. I don't know who to trust. People need to calm down with all this. Someone had been watching her without her knowledge. She was no longer Lexi. She's proud of herself. And now to my conversation with returning and special guest, actress Victoria Vertuga. Hello once again, friends and listeners. This is Cincinnati podcast host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to season number five of Hollywood and Beyond podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews and conversations. Victoria Vertuga returns to the podcast to discuss her latest film project, Lexi. This impressive achievement is fascinating, well-paced, and combines both dark humor with an emotional edge. My special guest not only directed and co-wrote the script, she also gave an outstanding performance as Laughing Lexi, I'll explain on that later, a motivational social media influencer with good intentions and positive vibes who has gone missing and very mysterious circumstances. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome her back to the show. Victoria, welcome back to Hollywood and Beyond. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is wonderful to hear your voice again. I'm so happy to be speaking with you, and I've looked forward to... um, uh, uh, speaking with you about Lexi so very Yay. much. So uh, I could not have asked for a more talented, interesting, and fun lady to start season five with. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, so honored to be here. It's always fun to talk to you. So yay, really excited to be back. Believe it or not, Victoria, it has been almost precisely two years since you last visited the podcast. That's crazy. That's, that makes sense. A memory just popped <laughs> up on my Facebook about Disgrace, which is what we, what I was on to talk about before, and this was, it was two years ago. So yeah, that's crazy. Time flies, especially in the era of COVID. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you what, you made the most of it too with this project, and you are correct. We discussed uh, dis- Disgraced the series, which was so much fun. I just enjoyed your performance big time. Just so funny and had a lot to say as well. So I'm starting to notice a theme with your projects now that I've yes. seen two. And you are you have 
a lot of smarts with your material and projects. Uh, Lexi is so well made. I was so very impressed. Thank you. And I tell you what, um, I briefly described the overall theme of Lexi at the beginning of the episode, but that only scratches the surface. So two things up front for you, Victoria. Yep. First, congratulations uh, on all that you cast and crew achieved with this film. And secondly, uh, how would you best describe the storyline of Lexi to others? Yeah, so... Lexi is about, uh, kind of like you mentioned, a motivational influencer who moves into a new home. Mysterious happenings start start going on, and she kind of slowly starts to spiral. So that is kind of the gist of it without giving too much away. <laughs> a, little, a little brief nugget for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is the kind of uh, uh, topic and, and you know, storyline that I need to be careful of as a host. You know, I actually always keep that in mind about spoilers. And unless enough time has gone by or it makes sense to, to go ahead and put everything on the table. But I am trying to make sure I don't spoil any of the ending or too much on my end. Right, totally, totally. You want to give people an idea of what they're going to be sitting down to watch without giving all the all the good stuff away. <laughs> wow, I just tell you, I just enjoyed this film so much, despite some, you know, uh, heavy subject matter. I mean, we're we're dealing with uh, yeah. uh, someone who has possibly most likely disappeared, uh, as I described, under very mysterious circumstances. How would you yeah. now describe Lexi, your character, to others? Yeah, so Lexi was was interesting because I and I did a lot of research on um, kind of bloggers in the space. So she's kind of all about like positive thinking and and that kind of stuff, like you know how to live your best life, like things like that. So I did a lot of research on people in that space, and I kind of wanted her to occupy. I wanted her to be, <laughs> if this makes sense, a little annoying in the <laughs> sense that like those people who are constantly positive where you're like, oh my God, you ever have a bad day? Like you let it go, give it up, you know? And, but also someone who really was at the heart of it, kind of trying to do good for people. Like she, she wasn't, there's nothing mean or negative or, or um, salacious about her, right? Like she, she was just very like trying to help people live their best lives, trying to give them tips, trying to be positive and that kind of space. So I really wanted her to occupy that kind of area where she's maybe a little annoying, a little great on your nerves, but also like positive and harmless and, and a person that isn't really doing a negative so that we could kind of talk about the shouting story that happens when she disappears. And there's that segment of people who are kind of happy that this is happening to her and all too, uh, finding it all too enjoyable to watch like the self-destruction, if this makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's what I would say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent description. Thank you, Victoria. And I wholeheartedly agree uh, be- twofold. Not only does the film has a lot of layers to it, but so does your character, Lexi. I have to tell you, uh, with her being a social media influencer, uh, you're right. She's uh, very upbeat and positive and, and it's going to be okay yeah. no matter what mentality. But I have to yeah. tell you, I, I, for me personally, Victoria, I found myself like 
realizing that there was a lot of sincerity on her part. I, I felt that way. I felt like she truly wanted others to feel better. And it wasn't just necessarily exactly. all about herself and all of that. She actually thought she was doing good for others. Yes. And that was the balance that we wanted to strike, right? I did want her to come on a little strong and lay it on a little thick in the beginning. So that again, kind of set people up where they want, where they maybe find her a little annoying, a little too much so that, you know, they can delight in her, in her destruction or whatever. But I also did want her to be genuine. You know, this is somebody who, who is really, like you said, you're trying to connect to people, trying to help people, you know, at the her heart of it is trying to do good. And isn't really just about being self-serving, which obviously so much of social media can be. Um, obviously, there's going to be that component, I think, of anybody in that space where they are going to be a little bit uh, attached to the limelight. You know, you could say that about any of us pursuing a career in front of the camera to some extent. Um, but I did really want her to be sincere and to, to believe in what she's preaching as much as possible. Do you know what I mean? So, yes. yeah, it was kind of, it, it, was, it was interesting to find that balance of, of, of where that lied, where she wasn't just totally full of crap. You know, she believed what she was selling. You know, Victoria, I think some of the best folks who undertake like self-help advice or coaching or just doing what your character did, just, just being out there and trying to influence others, maybe via social media or a website. You know, I think the ones that acknowledge that life can be very challenging and tough and there can be a lot of uh, difficult times. Yet, here's why trying to be positive and, and, and keep on, keep going on is, is meaningful. Definitely, definitely. I think those are the best ones. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's interesting because I think that there's, there definitely is a thing I think I would call toxic positivity, which is to deny that there is that there are negative feelings, that bad things happen to good people, that so much of life doesn't make sense, that sometimes things are hard. Like to just deny that isn't is an on, honest experience of what it means to be human, right? So I definitely think that there are some people who kind of occupy that toxic positivity space where there's like a refusal to discuss or admit anything bad or negative. So I didn't want it I didn't want it to be in that realm. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge the reality of life and all its ups and downs and still be trying to find the silver lining, finding your way out of it, finding your way to make meaning of it, of it from it and, and finding a way to do good, you know? And you know, sometimes you just have to kind of just do the best that you can and stay within the moment. Yeah, precisely. Yep. Well, you know what? Your film, Victoria, some of the uh, descriptions that come to mind is uh, frank, blunt, uh, lots of dark humor, that is often so very hysterical. I, I just can't even stress that enough to anyone listening out there. I, I just, that's why I can't wait to see it a second time. There's just so many hysterical moments in the film. Yet, as I've also mentioned, there's so many. I'm so, I'm so glad you get our humor. Absolutely. And you know, there's so many emotional and even sad and moving moments at times. And I think this all depends on the perspective of the viewers, too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and that's what, that's what you know, the beauty of this, uh, being able to write roles for myself, is to be able to, what's fun as an actor is to get to go on a journey, right? To have layers and yes. frames in your performance and your experience that you happen. And so I love that. Like, I, I thrive in that. So I definitely want the roles that I take and write for myself I don't get those opportunities often in things I'm tasked for. It's, you know, it's, it's very much supporting. It's like, I'm the love interest here. I'm the whatever over there. It's very one dimensional things. 
So the stuff that I'm creating for myself, I really want to be able to play and have fun and have range. So that is, it's huge for me. Um, and I, I love in the stuff that I watch for myself and I seek out, I think that darkness and humor go together, right? It's like when you're watching something very heavy that never has any humor, you feel so weighed down. You need a little bit of relief. You know, you need that humor to kind of get you back on your track. Like I, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows ever. And I think there's so much dark humor in, Break, in Breaking Bad. It's hilarious. It's also extremely heavy. So I think that they go together. The best things for me have both. They have the humor and they have that emotional journey and heaviness. Um, I also, in like you said, there's, you'll, you'll definitely see in my work, I see much more of it. There's themes that come out and there's things I'm very, uh, there's a lot of satire that happens in my work when I write, whether I mean it to or not, it just comes out. So there's always going to be kind of that dark, satirical humor that finds its way into things that I do. Um, that's definitely just very much a part of my POV. Uh, but I think that it lends itself well. It allows you the freedom to have that kind of darker emotional stuff with still having a release and being able to laugh at the, the ludicrousness of it and the ridiculousness of it. Cause sometimes life is ridiculous and you got to laugh at it. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the only way to tackle it. <laughs> and you know, I, I tell you what, this is the kind of film that goes perfectly with some pizza order some pizza or get some Chinese food because it, it, it is a journey. I felt that's, a, that's how I felt. I love films that take me on some sort of journey and I couldn't wait to, you know, to get to the end so that I could kind of have my own uh, reaction to how you concluded the storyline. But I have yeah. to tell you, yeah. the cast is superb because when it comes to humor, Thank Victoria, you. as you know, so much of it can be timing and how you present the, uh, the lines of the character. And they were just so spot on. They're fantastic. And I've worked with all of those amazing people before. And so I was very lucky and fortunate to be able to work with them again. And when I had the idea for this project, again, we filmed this kind of early COVID when things were still very much locked down and um, unsure and whatever. And, you know, whatever, there were no vaccines yet, all, all kinds of stuff. Oh, so no. I, I wanted to definitely reach out to people who um, who would feel safe working with me again, that we had that shorthand and that relationship with. So all three of them actually were, I believe all three of them were in disgrace. And I've worked with... Um, with uh, Susan on multiple projects as well. So the cast, they're just fantastic. And I, again, this is my at least second time or third time working with them. And so we, we know how each other works. Um, I knew what their strengths were for the roles. I definitely wrote them with these people in mind, which made it a lot easier. You know, you hear their voices so clearly. Uh, so it was really, really great to do. And it was, it was fun to be able to play during this time when, when nothing was filming and, and so many things were shut down. To be able to have the opportunity to like do what we love in this in that moment was really really helpful. I think for all of us, and people really enjoyed it, and you can see that kind of clearly in the performances. And the idea first came up because of the lockdown and dealing with the COVID situation. Is that true? As far as the idea and writing yeah. of the script. Yeah. So, I mean, like everybody, you know, obviously COVID put a major uh, kink in my plans as far as what I had planned for the rest of the year. So. Um, there was another project that we actually were able to film um, in um, October that's in post right now. So that movie was originally going to be what we did next. But uh, obviously with things shutting down, we weren't able to do that. Everything got put on pause. And I don't do well. I always say uh, relaxing isn't relaxing for me. So I'm like a go, go, go person. I, I go, go, go to a fault. So having that, everything just pause, I was like, okay, well, I need, to, I need an outlet. I need to be creative during this time still. I need to do what I love. So what can I do? during this time with these limitations that we have, how can I be creative within this little box? And it was a very interesting project because of that. 
do not available just because it's COVID. So I was like, what can I come up with as far as a storyline that is very contained? That's mostly going to be me in my house, you know, and how do I make it interesting? Um, so that was kind of the, the birth of it is like with these limitations, what kind of a story can we conceive? And me and my writing partner, Eric had always kind of been interested in the story. Funny enough, uh, docu-series came out about it during COVID after we were done writing Lexi, but it's, 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 um, the disappearance of the Cecil hotel. It's called this girl, Elisa Lamb happened in about 2013 and she went missing from a hotel. And there's this very famous scene of her footage of her in the hotel elevator very weird, just very weird security footage. And there's something to me that was so compelling about this security camera footage and what you can't see, right? What you're seeing in the frame and also what you're not seeing out of the frame mm-hmm. and what our mind does with that. And I was like, it's very interesting that no one has done, to my knowledge, a story using security camera footage only or just, you know, really utilizing security camera footage. So that was kind of the, the inkling of the idea what if we tell a story using security camera footage? There's just something super compelling about that to me. So then we had to come up with a reason, you know, why are we seeing this footage? What is the kind of container that we're putting the story in that makes sense so that we understand why we're seeing this footage and why it's coming to light. And that's kind of how the, the whole thing came into creation. So yeah, we wrote and shot and did it um, during kind of the early part of COVID. My husband was working from home, so I had to film, you know, film around his schedule. <laughs> and it was a lot of, um, so it took a long time to film, you know, obviously much longer than it would normally because we we're filming it in bits and pieces. And also so much of it was just me and my house experimenting. Mm-hmm. Do I like that? Do I not? A lot of what was on the script didn't really end up translating. And a lot of what we found wasn't in the script. So it was a very interesting project that way because so much of it was kind of experimental in terms of the, the, the gags that you're doing with a ring camera and like what's working and not working. Um, so, yeah, it was a very cool film because it, it I've never quite uh, done anything in this way. And it was a very, very unique process. Um, and we, because we had so many limitations in so many ways, it's kind of an interesting exercise as a, both a writer and a creator in general because you have this very narrow box. But in that box, you can be as creative as you want. So it was, it was kind of a cool exercise that way because we had these very obvious, very serious limitations. But then within those, we can be creative. You know what I mean? So it was very, very cool uh, project to be part of that way. Very interesting, creative exercise. Thank you for sharing all of that. And two things I have to say, uh, I think that is absolutely wonderful that you were able to, you know, undertake a project on this scale. Because one might go, oh, yes, it's COVID. Mm, She's going to be by herself a good portion of the time. It's just going to be kind of one of those things. The camera's just there. But I have to say, it goes way, way beyond that. Um, In fact, it took me a while to realize that characters weren't really, you know, there together. Like, like it's so blended well and and nicely together that it took me a while to go, wait a minute, these people are being interviewed separately. And then we've got the security footage and doorbell uh, uh, camera footage. So, I mean, it it goes from here to there and it's kind of got that, um, you know, those news documentary, like mystery crime um, shows. And that's what it feels like. Yep. Like a very true crime. Yeah, and that, that is definitely intentional. So I will fully admit, I am a huge true crime junkie, podcasts, documentaries, all of it. But that's another kind of thing we want to layer in there that, um, you know, maybe some people will pick up on me, maybe some won't. But as much as I love true crime, that sounds like a weird thing to say you love, but as much as I consume true crime and enjoy watching it and listening to it, there's an inherent grossness about it. It, it by its very nature, it's exploitative, right? Because you have people basically making money off of a, 
tragedy that's befallen a person or a family or whatever. You know, so we're using this, this tragedy that's happened to somebody for our own entertainment. And so there's something inherently kind of gross in that. So mm-hmm. we really wanted to kind of layer that in, um, in terms of like the experts and, and you know, their, their books that they've written on this thing yes. and what, you know, how they're using this, this thing that's happened to Lexi for their own financial and, and otherwise gain um, to kind of sprinkle that pieces of that in. But I love true crime. And so we definitely, that that's kind of the, the container of making it like a mockumentary true crime series gave us the ability to flesh out the story with these experts and not make it just a straight found footage film. You know what I mean? To make it a little yes. bit of, to be able to like, more. So that's kind of the container that we came up with that made sense for us to, to be able to tell kind of a more fully fleshed out story. I absolutely love and enjoy uh, researching, for example, Hollywood mysteries. For example, the George yeah. Reeves mystery or the Bob Crane murder mystery. And you know what, Victoria? It's very interesting. I usually learn so much just from uh, researching or reading about it or watching a documentary. It's something about the journey of, of a person and decisions and choices made, uh, whether they made yeah. or others made. And it, it really leaves an, an impact on me. So I totally understand being interested in, in those type of topics for sure. Yeah, and it's just, I'm, I'm just a, a student of human nature in general, right? I mean, yes. that's, I think all storytellers are. Really, what we're doing when we're telling stories is we're trying to make sense of this experience of being human. We're trying to make sense of what it is to be alive and to live and to, and to, to you know, do this thing called life. So we use story as a way to make sense of that. You know, these are the rules and this is what happens and, you know, flaws and overcoming them or not and comedy and tragedy. It's all just a way to make sense of this human experience. And I think true crime does that as well, right? We're trying to understand things about ourselves and things about others. Now, did you know in advance while you were writing the script that you uh, also wanted to be the director? I didn't necessarily, but then, so I usually write with my partner, Eric, um, who, who directs a lot of the projects that we do. Eric um, I did direct a couple Exactly. Eric Wilford. Yep. And so we, on Disgrace, he directed some of the episodes. I directed some of the episodes. Our director of photography directed some as well. Um, for the features that we've done, he's, he's directed. And But for this, because of the way we had to film it, because so much of it is just me in my house doing everything, uh, it didn't really make sense for anyone else to direct it. Because it was so much of it was me doing everything. So it kind of was, a, was by necessity, if that makes sense. Um, that I ended up directing it. And it was really funny because, because so much of it was me doing the footage and again, doing it piecemeal, you know, as my schedule allowed. So we had this drive where I would put the footage on and then Eric could watch it. And we would discuss things or whatever. And he, he never quite knew when I would, you know, is it going to be today? Is there going to be more footage today? So he would be checking every day and I'd be like, Oh, footage is up here. So he, he would say how it was really hard for him to feel. He, he felt more disconnected from this. You know what I mean? He's like waiting, waiting <laughs> patiently with bated breath for the footage to pop up. Um, so that was really funny, but I, I loved it. It, 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 it. I, um, one thing that was very cool about this is, so a lot of times when you're in a project and you're directing it, it's, you know, obviously you can imagine it's a lot of responsibility on your shoulder. And so sometimes your performance can suffer or sometimes whatever, it's hard to wear all those different hats. The more hats that you're wearing, you know, the more challenging it is, but because of the way that we filmed this with, with the people, the cast members on those days with them, you know, everybody had, it was about a half a day with each person. It was just me and them. So we could just play. Mm. It was amazing. It was, you know, once we had the shot set up and whatever, so much of it was just about the performance, which is I'm obviously an actor turned director. So so much of my directing 
is about the acting and the performance and working with the actors. That's where I really thrive. Um, as I'm still, you know, getting my feet wet with a lot of the technical stuff and, and the visuals and whatever. So to be able to really work with them in that way played to my skill set and was really an enjoyable process because it was so much of it was just about that performance. Since you, you know, the the shots are very simple. Once we get it set up, we have you know a couple of angles that we're doing in this this space. Um, so it was it was very cool to be able to direct that way. And obviously, I'm not in any of those scenes with them, so I don't have to worry about the rest of it. It's just me and them working with them as an actor. So that was a very fun piece to be able to do. I was so impressed with so many of your shots and angles, you know, when, when a couple of the characters are authors about the situation of Lexi having disappeared and just, just the shots and then going back to you and you just did an outstanding job with the direction. And, and I have to say it again, your performance is a true glam Grand Slam, you know, out of the park. There's just no Thank doubt so about much. it. I am very curious, though, Victoria. Do you find yourself yes. comfortable uh, being in a film that uh, you also, for example, either had the lead or you're a co-star and also directing? Do you find yourself really comfortable with that process? Yeah, I mean, de- definitely I love... Um... I love being able to write and act in things for sure. And then producing happened as a necessity because when you're working, you know, with a limited budget, the more hats that you can wear and the fewer people you have to pay, the better. And I'm actually very, I I have like, I'm type A and I'm super organized. And so I'm really good at those producing things, even though it's not nearly as much fun, obviously, as, as the creative side of things. Um, And then directing as well. I've always been interested in directing just as as a further outlet of storytelling, it's really interesting. The more hats that you wear, the more you realize it's just different sides of the same dice kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I think every, every piece that I do makes me better at whatever other piece I'm doing. So writing made me a much better actor. Directing makes me a better writer. It, it, mm. And I think people who edit will say that editing makes you a better director because it teaches you to look at the whole process and the film as a whole. And it just makes you a more informed and I think a more generous and, and empathetic collaborator. And you know more about every contributions to the process and what the steps are that are needed for everything. So this makes you better at whatever piece that you end up doing. So I think that that's really awesome. I will say that uh, when you're in a lot of the scenes and you're directing, it's, it's challenging, of course, because it's mm-hmm. just, you have to have a really good deep because you know, you're popping over and you're popping back in and you're popping out. So, <laughs> So I think that it's a lot for sure to direct if you're in a major meaty role. I think what I've, what I've enjoyed more is to uh, be in a, a smaller role when I'm directing. Then, you know, if I'm going to direct, like I would love to be in, in like a role where I'm, it's not the lead in every scene because to, to direct and be in so many scenes is a lot of responsibility and just a lot to, to manage. So I tend to like it when I can focus a little bit more on the directing and then the acting is a smaller piece of it. Or if I'm going to be in in more of it, then I'd rather pass the directing baton to someone else and just worry about, you know, probably I wrote it, probably I'm pretty free <laughs> and I'm acting in it too. So I'll, I'll give somebody else one of the other hats to wear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel such a artistic connection with you, Victoria, which you may not even be aware of, because I also have my hand in a lot of artistic cookie jars, so to speak, and, and I can totally yeah. understand the joys and challenges of that, and I, I'm just so impressed with how you achieve so much with each cookie jar that you are involved with, the writing, the directing. Um, there's, there's something intelligent I also find, despite how zany things can be, 
I notice in particular a lot of intelligence with um, how the script takes you somewhere. Or, uh, lots of surprises, for example, in your scripts. And I, I, I just love that. Now, I have to say that, um, you know, you had such sleek yet natural shots. But I'm wondering, th- th- those that webcam, uh, you know, those scenes with the webcam and the security cameras, yes. the doorbell video footage. Now, how challenging as a director yep. is it to go, okay, we need to make this look interesting for the viewer. I mean, how much did you have to kind of experiment with that? Yes, that goes back to kind of what I was mentioning earlier about so much of this film was found in the filming of it compared to other things. Oh, gotcha. There was a lot, the, with the security camera footage, there was a lot of experimenting happening. And there were a lot of things that I wrote, like I mentioned in the script, where we tried to do it. And I was like, oh, you know, it just isn't translating the way that I hoped it would. Let me come up with something else. Back to square one, let's come up with something else to, to kind of get the same point across or the same emotional beat that I need. So certainly with the, with the security camera footage, there was a good, good degree of experimenting. And I definitely wanted, like I mentioned with the Lisa Lamb footage, I wanted it to be about both what you're seeing and what you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be cognizant of things coming at you from anywhere in the frame. So I wanted people to, when they see the footage, to be on edge, looking around everywhere, wondering what's going to happen. You know, where's it coming from? What's about to happen? And sometimes we see things and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we're seeing the aftermath of what has happened and not the actual thing. And so that was really fun to kind of mess with um, mm-hmm. and to just consider you know, the viewer's experience of You that. definitely but had a lot me, of fun general, that's, that's, with, with uh, you know, all yeah, these scenarios. I, <laughs> definitely, definitely. It, it was very interesting. And we had, it's just so funny. There, there, I guess I should release like outtakes at some point or like scenes that we didn't go into. Whatever. Oh, there yes. So, so many things that we tried that, that, would be that were just funny awesome. and, and whatever. Yeah, and some things that we didn't get to or whatever. And also, the other thing that was, was kind of interesting with this film is, without giving too much away, so with the three experts, there's kind of three different, very <laughs> distinct opinions as to what has happened to her. You know, one person is saying they think she's murdered, one person is saying that they think something supernatural happened, and one person is saying that they think she's faking it, effectively. <laughs> yeah. So these are kind of our theories. That the, the so-called friend, world. right? The, yes, fe- the fellow social friend. media no, maven, uh, and, yes. and I put this yes. in quotation marks, friend. <laughs> yes, exactly, friend of me, for sure. <laughs> so we, we had to be careful, too, with, um, there were some ideas that we had, and, and we had multiple endings that we filmed as well. Hmm. We didn't, we ultimately decided we didn't want to tip the hand, you know, during the process of the film. We didn't want to tip the scales in any one particular direction. You know yeah, what I mean? To, give, yeah. to be like, oh, well, obviously... It has to be someone murdered her. I see a person right there. Or it has to be something supernatural because how do you explain this? Or she clearly is faking it because whatever. Mm. We didn't want to, you know, show our hand with that. So some of the ideas that we had, too, were like, uh, I don't know that this can be explained multiple ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of uh, considerations of that as well, both in addition to, like, how we're filming it. Also, like, you know, coming up with an idea and be like, oh, crap, but if we do that, <laughs> then then this can be the only answer, you know, the only thing that makes sense. So a lot of stuff like that. Very, like I said, very experimental and very interesting that way because, you know, obviously usually when you're filming, you have a schedule and set number of days and these are the scenes that you're filming this day. But because this was like me in my house, so much of it, <laughs> it was just like, okay, I'm going to mess around with this today. Do I like that? You know, it didn't work. Let's try something else tomorrow. So that like, is like, your you know, home. Saturday when I have time. I, I was thinking that, I think that is it, your it, house. <laughs> It's so funny because I, I, when I sent it to people, the past, like we had a lot of people contribute um, those videos, like the theories, like fans and haters and stuff, so that we could open mm-hmm. up the world a little yeah. bit. 
So we sent, you know, when the film was completed, we sent it to everybody to be able to watch it. And we're like, oh my God, where'd you get the creepy house? And I'm like, you guys, that's literally my house. It's so, <laughs> that's where I live. During lockdown, uh, during COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. So I'm glad that they find my creepy house creepy. And my friend was like, are you like freaked out by your own house now? I thought I might be, but honestly, I'm not. And you mentioned, you know, the dark humor. I have a very, uh, yeah, I love dark humor. I have a very funny sense of humor. So there were things that people find so creepy that I found so funny filming it like just scenes that are meant to be creepy that people are rightfully creeped out by but like during the filming i'm just finding it hilarious so i was actually surprised that i didn't i didn't find it um i, I didn't have a lot of nightmares when i wasn't finding it creepy. <laughs> i thought i might film in this you know by myself in the dark or whatever so yeah fortunately no i'm i'm still able to live in my house <laughs> well that's out. that's good to hear because because i'll tell you what isn't it Yes. Having to move away because of this uh, film production would have been a high price. I'm sure you would have considered it, but um, that would have been a high price <laughs> to pay. I have to say, though, Victoria, I, I, and I sincerely mean this, there was several gripping moments of suspense where it, the more, I, I don't know if saying the horror element uh, sneaks in, maybe for some. I, I, I suppose it depends on the atmosphere that the viewer is kind of connecting to, but definitely suspense for sure. And, and you're, you, you sit there going, you know, is, is, what's going on here? Uh, you, and you're trying to imagine different scenarios. And yes, I mean, very suspenseful at times. I would love to ask you about a few of your cast members, which you brought up. Uh, yes. But I have to say, uh, it's not just your comedic skills. There are moments in this film where, you know, I, I just told myself, I'm, I'm just going to lay it on the line here, Victoria. I said, there is a talented lady right there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, that was interesting, too, because, okay, so as an actor, what made this very challenging is that I literally had nothing and no one to play off of. Nothing. Yes. So just your mind. It's literally <laughs> just, just me. Yeah. Paranoia. And, and also, yeah. yeah. And, and because, um, so much of it is delivered in these, like her, we want to, we used her, like her vlogs, her, her video blogs, you know, for her social media, mm. uh, I'm delivering it. So we filmed those intentionally on an iPhone so that it would look like, you know, look like a vlog actually looks. So it's me delivering this stuff to this tiny camera. It was just such a very interesting experience. And it was more challenging than I thought it would. It was also um, because it was COVID and the early days of COVID. And I feel like that was such a, obviously a very strange, surreal, tumultuous time for a lot of us. Uh, we were kind of in the spider flight. It was, it was, I was a little bit more disconnected. I'm usually highly emotionally available as an actor, just in general. That's my whole vibe. Uh, but I think I was a little bit shut down as kind of, I think a lot of us were during that time because there was so mm -hmm. much unknown and you kind yes. of go into like a, an emotional hibernation as you're trying to, you know, wait things out and hope for the best yes. and stay grounded. So that, that, and the fact that, you know, again, it was literally just me with nothing and no one to play off of. It was very challenging. So it took me just a second to kind of find my rhythm with it and, and relax into it. And be like, okay, this is how this is going to feel. This is very different than anything I've ever done before. It feels very different than anything I've ever done before. Mm -hmm. So it did take me a second to kind of like find that. And then I was like, okay, now I got this. <laughs> I get this now. I understand what this is, what this process is. Uh, but it was very, that was a very interesting challenge as an actor that I didn't really think about when writing it. You know, obviously I was just thinking about the parameters of what I had available, mm -hmm. but that was, it was fun. It was a fun challenge to, a fun puzzle to solve and a fun thing to do as an actor for sure. Sure. But thank you very much for kind of what it. it must have been a release. Totally. 
for you, like from COVID? Like, okay, you know what? I can't really go to too many places. Uh, I can't go out to eat in my favorite restaurant. Um, I can't even go to Starbucks probably, or, or, you know, can't go to the store sometimes, you know, under the situation. So, you know, it's kind of like, I'm just going to let it all Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I'm definitely a person who like, I, I, I need to create, you know, it's like, it's a need for me. It is. So to be able to have that yes. outlet during that time was hugely important and, and really beneficial to me. So, yes. yeah. Victoria, you just, um, it was a perfect uh, segue to what I was going to bring up before uh, uh, discussing your co-stars yeah. and, and the, the wonderful cast. And you just nailed it on the head, what I was going to say. And that is for Lexi and for many others, Maybe whatever it is that they really love to do, it, it, maybe others don't get it or don't uh, uh, totally understand it. But for Lexi, I mean, doing this is like her whole world. Like yep. it's, it's it's probably what she thinks about when she's at the grocery store. Yep. It's probably what she thinks about when she goes to bed or when she's having coffee in the morning. Like it is so important to her whole sense of well-being. Yeah. And I think what your film does is is also show the impact and negativity of what we term as haters yes. that 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 can bring you down. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about people Victoria that are saying, "Well, this isn't for me or I kind of prefer something else." I mean, everybody has a right to kind of say yeah. how they honestly feel, but I'm talking about the mean people yes nasty disrespectful they want you to feel bad about yourself they want you to question yourself and you know what i think that's what's fascinating about your performance is her meltdown as the film goes along emotionally and and within her mind it has a lot to do with she doesn't want to give up that she loves be doing this but things are really wacky right now and the haters are not helping her yeah Totally. And there really is, I mean, unfortunately, social media and the internet in general kind of brings out that ugliest because it's really easy to kind of say whatever you want when you have the anonymity. There we go. I can speak big, good words. You know, when you're able to be behind (laughs) your computer and not in person, things you would never dare to say to someone to their face, it's real easy to say behind a keyboard, you know? So unfortunately, that is kind of one of the ugly pieces that we have with, with social media and the internet and everything in general. And then I was also kind of interested in what I found to be, we see this a lot with celebrities like Britney Spears or Britney Murphy or a million girls mm. before them, where the public, mm, there's, there's a really kind of gross, misogynistic and just otherwise ugly thing that happens where people really delight in the demise or the spiraling or whatever of female, especially celebrities. Um, we love it. People love it. They love to just watch them go crazy and, and lose their minds and have bad things happen. You know, so they have too much and it's not okay. So we, so it's that, it's that shocking for it. It's that ugly piece of, of humanity that really likes to watch mm. someone get theirs, you know, come down. You have too much. It's too good for you. Like I want to see you taking off your, your pedestal. Um, so while Lexi isn't a celebrity in the sense of, you know, obviously like a Britney Spears, you know, she is in the public eye and the same thing kind of holds true in that yes. way. So we just kind of wanted to explore that piece of it, that kind of ugliness of, yeah, not, not just like, you know, if you don't like something, turn it off, right? Step away. It's not for you. Not everything is for everybody. And that's the beauty of, of choice and life and art, you know, it means different things to different people. There you go. And it's subjective and that's great. So, but there is that, that grossness of needing to like take someone down a peg and you know what I mean? That we see so yes. often. And so we definitely wanted to explore that. 
uh, which is why, you know, her being a, a blogger and in that social media space, being a quote-unquote influencer and all that, was kind of a fun way to explore that that segment of things and that, that kind of trait of humanity. It's like a, the, a lack of empathy in particular that I notice. I notice on, on well-established names in in the industry, Victoria, I'm sure you do too. It's exactly what you're saying, many of it. And what strikes me as just so upsetting and unfortunate is that sometimes folks will criticize someone, but they'll say, oh, I didn't see that movie, but it's got to be terrible. <laughs> and, and they did. They haven't They haven't even watched it. Yes, it's not even an informed decision. Oh, you watch yourself? No, I don't know, but she's just good talent. She sucks. It's awful. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's not even an informed decision. Yes, yes. Or no acknowledgement that maybe a person worked really, really hard on this project um, as well. Absolutely. And I think that's unfortunate. And your film addresses that. Like, you know, Lexi is really weighed down by all this sudden criticism. I mean, her followers may be going up, but maybe not all the good type of followers. Absolutely. And you show these haters and fans... Uh, throughout the film just so folks know out there like like you'll cut to some of the, the the fans and supporters like we're on your side Lexi we believe in you just hang and then others are like who is this chick you know and so you really balance that well which brings me to your co-stars yes. uh Victoria I, I am so excited to ask you uh so uh, a couple of them are authors and um I, I love uh how they have these uh, hilarious titles. <laughs> we had we had way too much fun with that. Way too much fun with that. <laughs> yes, uh, that ain't Lexi is one of the titles, and and that's the lady who thinks that there's some sort of supernatural element. Maybe the house is like a Amityville horror type scenario, or there's some sort of possession. Yeah, and that lady was so good. That Susan Louise O'Connor. Yes. And what was it like uh, having her in the film? <laughs> Susan is fantastic. She, like I mentioned, she was in Disgrace. She was in a pilot I did called Tides. Um, yes. I think I've thrown her into my other projects as well. Uh, I know her from acting class, actually, and she's just a fantastic talent. She's so uniquely herself always with such a, an amazing point of view on things. And I, I've known her for years now, so I really know her strengths. And I, it's really always so fun to write for her because she's I just know she's going to nail it and it's so much fun to play around with her you know direct her as an actor uh I directed the episode that she was in in my web series we had so much fun with that too but she's she's hugely <laughs> talented and fantastic I love working with her she's got such a unique take on things always um so like she played like a cult leader in my pilot and a weird whacked out therapist in um <laughs> in disgrace and then in this one she's you know kind of a supernatural expert person paranormal expert person so she's just she's just so fun to work with always. I'm always blown away by her. I really enjoyed her character. I, I really did. And the gentleman, Thomas Hobson, yes. also an author, and his title is Lexi's Last Laugh. Yes. <laughs> I almost feel guilty laughing about this, but that well, is funny. And like you said earlier, the ex exploitation of these situations, you know, these titles of these books sound very exploitive to me, uh, Lexi's Last Laugh. Because for folks who may not know this yet, when Lexi does her like social media or YouTube video, you hear this laugh of Lexi, like, you know, in the background before we see Lexi. And I think that's where they're getting like this idea for the book. 
Correct. Yes. That's like, so when you, a lot of, a lot of social media influencers, blogger type people, they will have like their little, their trademark song that they open all their videos with or whatever. So she has this little, yes. you know, this little ditty and then her laugh is part of it. Like, a, <laughs> like at the end of it that we open all of her videos with, which we also loved to do because then as her, her vlogs get weirder and weirder and she, <laughs> to have the laugh juxtaposed with what comes afterwards was just like very funny to us as well. Um, but yes, yes, we totally wanted to, to talk about that exploitative nature of it. Because you see that with true crime, right? Like, there'll be these experts who've written books on this event that happened or this devastating thing that happened or whatever. And, that, like, they're making a living, you know, exploiting a tragedy to some extent. So it, it is interesting component of it, you know. Again, not to throw stones. I am a, a true crime consumer myself. But there is, you know, we got to admit, there's a little bit of something that feels kind of inherently gross about it, like I mentioned. So, yeah, we had too much fun with um, the titles of the books. It was amazing. There was some line, I wish I could think of the actual uh, words, but it was something where he says, and, and that laugh, for God's sake, doesn't that like say something <laughs> when he was describing uh, Lexi's laugh? Yes. And, uh, and, and I just wanted to share this with you, Victoria. May, uh, you probably can't really go into too much response for various reasons, but I just want to say, and I don't know if this was intentional, but as a viewer, I labeled that gentleman as a possible twist in the story as a suspect uh -huh. because I just thought he's the kind of guy that might try to get someone out of the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Totally. And we, yes, we, we layered, um, we layered some things into, yes, absolutely. We kind of actually wanted to make it so that any of the three of them could potentially be involved themselves. Um, definitely. And, and like, if you there's Easter eggs of like things from her apartment in each of their interviews that people may or may not notice. <laughs> um, well, uh, Victoria, before <laughs> yes. we conclude here, I just have to bring up this lady. I mean, she was just so good. I, and I think maybe to me, other than yourself, the most funny because she's really just not, um, you know, it's, it's very uh, much a passive aggressive approach <laughs> yes. where she's trying to, you know, like, yeah, I'm her friend. Uh, we did videos together. We're social media partners in, in, in many ways, so to speak. But you can just see the envy in this lady. And I would like for you to bring up uh, Camille was the character's yes. name and the lady about her. I just have to say, she just was fantastic she's so great so that's maya maya was maya zapata she's also in my web series it's great she is that she just naturally is <laughs> so sarcastic and funny that way like that's her vibe that is her true essence and so when you cast her in a role like that like she, i just knew it was again I, I i wrote this with like these people in mind to play these parts and was very fortunate to have this relationship where they would come aboard and do it so she just her voice in that kind of that kind of role is just so clear to me. It's like so obvious and I love it. And she's, she's excellent <laughs> in that. Place. She, she's just like, she shines with that. Like, uh, I don't even know what she has that. Like, like, that acid laced sarcasm. You know what I mean? That like, that, yes, like, yes. Like, I, I couldn't wait to see her. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, yeah. and it was a nice juxtaposition to Lexi's like perpetual positivity. You know what I mean? So yeah, we had our cast. Yes. Yes. And, and her perspective of, you know, maybe she cracked because, the reality of her actually not being as nice as she's trying to make everybody think. Yeah. You know, that that was kind of like her her mojo was like, you know what? No wonder she cracked. She's not really that nice. Yes. I, mean, I just yes. thought it was and like... Like, you know, Camille would definitely crack, right? Camille's <laughs> definitely not that nice. So, yeah, it was fun. It was 
And especially uh, with her description of, yes, we know you're nice, Lexi. We know it. You know, those kind of moments. Um, I have to ask about your furry friends who appeared in the film as well. Yes. Amazing. So funny. They did great. They're fantastic. So, okay, that was a a conundrum, right? Because I, I, uh, as people who know me know, I have three pit bulls. I I help run a pit bull rescue. So I'm filming in my house. And like, do I film around my dogs and their stuff that's so obviously in my house? Do I have to like create them all the time and, and try to film around their, their various <laughs> paraphernalia? Or do I just incorporate that into Lexi's character and make her have dogs and make her volunteer? Because that was one place I was allowed to go during COVID so I could film a little thing at the shelter, you know? So we just decided to incorporate it because it made filming it so much, so much easier. And it's so funny. They were hilarious because they're like, the ch- as you might be able to tell, they're the chillest dogs ever. They're so funny. So they would be like mildly confused like the first time we would try a gag. And then the second and third take, they wouldn't even react to it. They're just like, whatever. So their reactions are just <laughs> so funny. And if we wanted any kind of reaction, we had to like make sure we got it in that first take because otherwise they were like asleep on the couch, not caring <laughs> at all, which is just funny. So and there's like a couple funny moments like, my one dog, Butter, she's a, she's a tan one. She's, like, very sensitive girl. And so, like, sometimes she'll be freaked out by, like, some of the gags and things we're doing. And so, like, some of her reactions. Yes. Yes. So I funny. noticed that. Yeah. So, she is just, it's just funny. The dogs, I feel like some of my, my personal favorite moments are, like, dog related. And it's really funny because one of the people I sent to, to, to um, review it, you know, uh, uh, well, when we first had the cut, um, before, before we wait to go live, was... I guess he's like a huge pit bull lover. So he's like, I just wanted to say, I love your dog. Like he was just like, like raving about my dogs and how amazing they are. Thank you for like putting pit bulls in a positive light in this movie. And it was so funny because I love that. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. I love yeah. it. I found my people, you know? So yeah, my dogs. Were- and they were reacting to you. Like, yes. like you said, Victoria, they know who you are. They love you. And it, I think at times when your character was freaked out, like maybe tiptoeing to the uh, bedroom yes, doorway to look in the hall. Uh, I noticed like one of the dogs was like, it was kind of like she was saying like, what is wrong with her? hundred <laughs> percent. And that is hundred percent. That is Butters. And yes, she was definitely saying like, what are you doing mom? Like what is going on here? Now, how can folks view your film? Yes. Um, Victoria out there. Uh, hopefully they are intrigued and I personally recommend uh, viewing it as soon as possible. Yes. So we are, we are live on Vimeo. We are picked up by Tubi and Amazon Prime, but we're not live just yet. Um, uh, the unfortunate thing gotcha. about self-distributing is that you don't really have, uh, you don't know when it's going to go. You just know that it is there. So we mm-hmm. can be there in any, any day now, especially on Amazon. Um, and, but we will be on Amazon and Tubi soon. If you've got to watch it now, go ahead and head on over to Vimeo On Demand. You can check it out there. But we'll be on pretty much all the VOD platforms by the fall um, that I well it's always yeah. a pleasure to speak with you Victoria and um, I just hope it won't be as long for your next visit down the road absolutely we got, we got another one in post right now so I'll be back on soon to talk about that yes <laughs> I am excited already well thank you once again for joining me and I'm going to be cheering you on from the sidelines and I can't wait to see your future plans Yay, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure talking to you as always. I really appreciate the kind words too, and it's so nice to hear that. So thank you so much for having me. When the sleeping webcam video popped up online, everybody went batshit crazy. And I get it, it's pretty creepy. But I mean, how hard would it be to do something like that yourself and then post the video on YouTube? How long does it actually take to set up another account? Four minutes, six tops? People need to calm down with all this. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.